Hello and welcome back to the F1 Debrief Podcast. I'm super excited to be back. Uh, first main podcast after the uh, introduction to the podcast. So super excited. Today we're going to be talking about the 2022 French Grand Prix. Uh, what a race. A lot of uh, unexpected turns and twists. But uh, overall kept it super exciting. You know, Nothing too crazy in the race. We've got Max Verstappen who took his 27th victory in Formula 1 after an unexpected crash from Charles Leclerc. So we'll get into all that. First of all, I just want to go over the entire grid of the Grand Prix. So yeah, we've got Max in first, Lewis, George Russell, Sergio Perez, Carlos Sainz, Fernando Alonso, Lando Norris, Esteban Ocon in eighth, Daniel Ricciardo in ninth, Lance Stroll, Sebastian Vettel, Pierre Gasly, Alexander Albon, Valtteri Bottas, Mick Schumacher in 15th, Guan Yu Zhou coming in last for the race in 16th, and then we have Nicholas Latifi, Kevin Magnussen, Charles Leclerc, and Yuki Sonoda with a DNF. So unfortunate for those guys, but that is the grid order for the French Grand Prix of this year. So, you know, where do we start? We, we start from the start of the race, of course. So Right off the bat, I thought Leclerc got a good start. He got a better start than Verstappen, and I feel like Verstappen has been better overall at the, the start of the races. Um, so it was good to see Leclerc get a good start, get ahead um, of Max in the top of the field. I think overall this weekend, the Ferraris have been more on pace and just better overall car compared to the Red Bulls. Um, but still, Charles got a good start, but Max was right behind him. Also, Lewis Hamilton, he came, I actually forget where he started, I think it was 4th or 5th, but he came and he ended up uh, becoming in, into 3rd. He got a great start, um, allowing him to jump up to the front of the grid. Um, so it was good to see, very good to see. And then, of course, I felt a little bit bad for Yuki Sonoda. Uh, very unfortunate crash between Yuki and uh, Esteban Ocon. If you look back at the replay, you could definitely see Ocon. He had a little bit of oversteer, and he had to therefore recorrect the car, and that was right into Yuki Sonoda. So we saw Ocon get a five-second time penalty for that. So nothing Yuki could do. Unfortunately, it ended up ending his race at the end of the day. I was super happy to see Kevin Magnussen. I think he had a great start. Um, he went to last a 13th. Um, in a short period of laps, I think it was like five or six laps. So he had a really good start because he ended up taking a grid penalty just like Carlos Sainz. Um, and both Carlos Sainz and Kevin Madison made a great start and jumped up uh, really high in the grid. So that was great to see. Uh, it was looking like it was going to be a good points finish potentially for the Haas group, but it ended unfortunately they were the first ones to pit going for a different strategy than the rest then the safety car came in at the wrong time allowing everyone to pit in front of them and that kind of ended the race um, allowing them to not finish into the points so it was kind of crazy i watched this race after i did not watch it live because i'm in uh california time and that is way too early for me but, you know, overall, talking about Max and Charles Leclerc, I thought there were some good battles. Max definitely came close in a few turns, that long, um, I don't know what turn it is, but the long the long turn, um, oh, man, I'm spacing out. But 
he definitely came close a few times to I think overtaking him, but I don't think he was actually. If I think if he did overtake him, Charles was gonna come right back and overtake him. I didn't think Max was gonna be able to make anything stick. So first of all, yeah, I want to talk right about um what went down. So we had Max pit, and I didn't know how long these these pits were so the the average pit stop time lost was 28 seconds so that was crazy once i saw max pit i was assuming that charles was going to pit pretty far after because i think max was going for the two-stop strategy when he first pit and i think ferrari were still debating if they were going to go for the one-stop strategy and after max pit then we heard the team radios it sounded like charles was just going to go potentially for the one stop or he thought he'd still be better off at the two stop but allowing the first set of tires to to wear off um so max pits first he comes out pretty low um down on the grid and then of course a few minutes later we see charles bennett on that long turn and this was so out of the blue and if you heard this live you could just hear i mean that was the loudest scream i've ever heard and just absolute disbelief from Charles. Could not believe it happened. And when we first heard the team radio, he was talking about a throttle. He couldn't get his throttle to work. And so we had all thought, because last last race from last week or two weeks ago, he sounded he had throttle problems. I don't actually I don't know if it was him. Yeah, it was him. It was he had the throttle problems where he had to push on the throttle and then he'd have to use his foot to release the throttle. So we all we. You know, I th- I first thought did Ferrari, you know, not really do a good enough job and fix these problems, but after you know after the race kept going, then he had a live interview and he he 100% admitted credit to him. He 100% admitted to you know just it, it was too he was too aggressive and he was not racing very well and he just he took it too fast and it it ended super bad for him. And this is where I want to go into you know. After seeing this crash, Charles has given up a lot of points. Now, he is a great racing driver. There's no doubt about it. But compared to Max, you just I don't see Max making those mistakes as much. So my question for you guys, you know, it's or I don't think we're half. Actually, I don't know where we are in the season. I think we are halfway. Correct me if I'm wrong. But do we think that Charles has completely given up the championship and is there any chance of him winning it back? I think I might actually talk about this in a later podcast, but I'm really curious and interested in what you guys have to say about that because after seeing these, you know, mistakes that he easily could have prevented, it makes you think if he will last the entire season. Uh, but this really benefited into Max Max's hand after Charles crashed out. There really was no other competition. Um other when there was the VSC from uh, Guan Yu Zhou that I, I thought there may be some battles, but not really. He was just, he was ahead of the head of the pack for the most part. We had Lewis. He was, he, you know, he had decent pace all day. He was, you know, he stuck in second. I think he held his own to Sergio Perez. Uh, Perez looked like he was getting close, but he just looked like he didn't have the, the pace compared to Hamilton. Hamilton was just above him. I thought today, uh, or during the race, so uh, he was able to hold them off, and I thought it was overall a good race for Lewis. Good, good, you know, good result for Mercedes overall too. 
Yeah, it was a good overall race for Mercedes as well. I thought it was really interesting uh, at the end of the race, or just the whole shenanigans from George Russell to Checo Perez. That was, they definitely had some good battles back and forth. Um, did not expect to, you know, see them fight that close. I thought that Perez, Russell seemed to have pace, but Perez just, like I said, seemed to have a little bit more pace. Um, and I, I am a George fan. I was a George fan from Williams, but I <laughs> don't understand how he thought he had the corner going into it with Checo. He dive bombed out at the very end. I can understand how he was talking about the car rule saying it's, you know, his rear tire to my front tire, which if you looked at the video, I mean, it's, it's like maybe if anything there a little bit, but not really. Um, but he dive bombed so last minute, Checo had given him the space, but then he decided to make his turn and George just kind of went straight on. So I, I feel for Checo for that. That was definitely not Checo's fault. Um, I don't think he could have really, he couldn't have definitely couldn't have done anything. So he was totally, you know, racing incident. You know, I know George mouthed off and said he was the one that was in the wrong and that he should have given the place back, but Overall, he got it anyways, and he got it in a very interesting way. Once that VSC came out um, from uh, Guan Yu Zhou, he was definitely doing some tactics. He stayed, it looked like he was going slow and he was just staying back, and he was like kind of toying with him. Uh, uh, Crofty was saying that he was trying to like gained speed on the way when it turned green and it ended up happening it was the final two turns uh, of the track and i don't know if checo got caught off guard he mentioned in the interview that he was the wrong i don't know strategy or something but george ended up you know zooming by past him and he was able to stick it for the uh two three podium for the mercedes group uh first mercedes double podium with the two new drivers i believe if not correct me, but I believe it's the first uh, podium, a uh, double podium for the Mercedes group. So that was awesome to see. Um, good to see them celebrate. But something definitely went wrong with Checo's race. Something, I don't know if it was strategy wise, where he just got caught off guard with the uh, VSC and didn't realize that it went green. And he just, yeah, definitely got caught off guard. And kind of unfortunate to see that happen. Um, next thing I want to talk about uh, great battle between Carlos and Checo I thought this was another great battle Checo Perez can definitely hold his own we all know that um, but it was super funny yeah Carlos he carved his way through the grid he also I think he started 19th Kevin Magnussen started 20th but Carlos from the get-go like I said made his way up to 13th on lap six um, and he, he carved his way up he was you know heads down he was fighting hard uh, keeping his head straight and then I don't, I don't I don't understand this is where I've heard a lot of people talk about the Ferrari strategist team and what has been going on uh, on their in, in their team which I, I yeah I'm a little confused too because I he was it was lap 42 and he was in the midst of a heavy battle. It was back and forth between him and Checo. And then his team tells him to box, which I could understand boxing before the battle, but 
and then again you know it's hard to tell if um it's hard to tell if there is you know the time delay when we are told the team radio on the actual video format but it it was just it was very poorly timed it looked like they were not uh considering that there was a battle going on and they just wanted him to pit and second of all i don't i don't i don't know why they decided to pit him a lap later after he passed Checo. I do, I know he had some graining. I think it was on his front right tire, um, and they were decently old mediums. But I felt like he was doing a decent job of managing the tires, and I think that he, he would have ended up in the same spot he finished if he didn't pit, if not better. Like the commentator said, they were saying that did they did the Ferrari team just give up third place by pitting? Because he got into third place after passing Checo, and I felt like he could have sat there pretty comfortably until the end of the race um, on the medium set tire. I think at the very end of the race, the last like two laps, three laps, I could see it getting a little dicey between him and Checo and possibly George Russell. But I think it still would have been a good enough gamble because he finished, I think it was P6. If I'm correct, it was Verstappen, Hamilton, George. No, he finished P5. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he finished P5. Um, So, you know, I think the Ferrari team should have kept him out because I think best case scenario, he does finish P3 above George and Checo Perez. But pitting him didn't even give him that chance. And then he had to make his way back through a few of the pack to get up to the uh eventually fifth place that he finished so that's you know a little confusing with the ferrari team uh strategist there's a lot going on there a lot of questions on regarding if they actually know what they're doing or not so that's really interesting um we'll have to see but yeah definitely have to see uh another point i wrote down oh yes i felt bad for Mick Schumacher at some point <laughs> it was later on the race he was not in the points but um yeah it was kind of just an average race for Mick but I felt bad because he had that unfortunate um kind of similar to the Yuki Akon situation where Akon had some oversteer and I think Joe had Joe had some oversteer understeer and he had ended up turning into Mick and spinning Mick around which kind of ended his race too it was not you know not a good day for the Haas I'm kind of wondering where the heck Haas are going because I really wanted to see them continue to kind of thrive and do really good uh since the beginning of the start of the season they you know what it started a p5 from Kevin Magnuson which was great um and really wanted to see that keep on going so kind of sad to see them falling off the pace a little bit um but all we can hope is that they'll find it somewhere they'll find you know these upgrades coming in the future races they'll be able to bring that in these future races and hopefully uh you know get back up into the pack so going you know now down to the rest of the grid and some other drivers i thought overall fernando alonso had a decent drive um did not see much of him saw him get a decent start and passed a few guys but he ended up finishing sixth overall which i thought was pretty good 
the the Alpines are definitely definitely having some pace. I think, you know, in terms of the midfield, it's definitely looking like it's Alpine and Mercedes, and you know the occasional. Never mind. I'm not gonna say. It. I was gonna say occasional Aston Martin, but that's very occasional. But I think the Alpines are looking pretty strong. I think you know they're kind of you know every once in a blue moon they get a really good result and get to see you know Alonso or Ocon up at the top of the grid. Uh, overall, I think he had good pace. Um, I didn't see much of him, and I don't remember seeing much of him. Uh, the actual you know the race and didn't see much camera action of him saw a little bit of the mclarens kind of an average race i think it's good to note out that daniel stuck pretty close to norris it was alonzo six norris seven uh Akon eight and danny rick ninth so obviously ninth to danny rick probably is the greatest result but i think we've got to talk about where he's coming from you know he's he's not doing good we all know that and you know a few weeks ago we saw him post on instagram about his future in formula one and what the plan was and what he was going to do so we know he's going to stick by for his next year and i personally didn't see him leaving because you know after hearing all the assumptions assumptions and whatnot it in the contract it states that daniel ricardo himself is the one that would have to pull out of the contract mclaren couldn't do anything so i was going to be very surprised if daniel ricardo did pull out of the contract because we all know danny rick and he is he loves the racing but i for some reason cannot find it in this mclaren um only on occasion which you know is not good and as a as a uh, team you do not want your driver to just every once in a while have a good drive so you know, props to Norris. I think he's doing a great job. Obviously, this year's car is not as good, I don't think, as last year's car. But, you know, they're trying to find the grip with it. And they're trying to just constantly bring these upgrades into helping the drivers out. Yeah, I think Norris is really paving the way for McLaren. Um, you know, he's got a few more years with them. We'll see what they do. I think if Norris, you know, and we'll have to see after the regulation changes in 2026, I believe. You know, who knows what team will be on top next. But, you know, it's looking like, you know, if you want to win a championship, you got to be in the top three teams, which are Mercedes, Red Bull, and Ferrari, at least at the moment with these new regulation changes. Um, obviously, the top ones are Red Bull and Ferrari. Mercedes are a little bit on the back burner, but, you know, they're still third. I, you know, they're, they're doing decent. I think they're actually a very reliable car. Um, kind of off topic about Norse, but you know Norse is doing a great job, and I think it was good to note that Ricardo was a lot closer to Norris this race. Normally, Norris is you know in the top ten, and Ricardo you've got him in ten to fifteenth. So I think it was good that he had showed a little more pace today. I feel like a little more grit and kind of stuck with Norris, so that was good to see. Um, Akon, yeah, I saw a few moments from him. Obviously, he didn't really have a great I feel like he didn't have a great race. Could have done a lot better. He had the crash with Yuki, um, which definitely didn't help him, which gave him the five-second penalty, um, especially – actually, no, never mind. Not his home race. Uh, but I think he could have done a lot better. Not a terrible, you know, points finish, but it's it's in the books. And um, 
kind of just an, an a average not so good race um i already talked about danny rick the aston martins it was the 150th anniversary of them entering formula one it was 150 years ago on the french grand prix when they first came in so there's definitely you know some history behind this race unfortunately stroll comes with his i believe fourth uh points finish all being in 10th place um unfortunate that they both couldn't get points it was 10th 11 for that the aston martins sebastian vettel in 11th so very close but you know close but no cigar so you know just another average not so good race from them i think it's it's a toss-up between them and williams for me at least as the worst car on the grid it really is it i think it can highly depend on the weekend i feel like i've seen better drives from sebastian vettel and albon this season we obviously know latifi is not doing very good and i honestly don't ever see much from stroll uh, he's not one of my favorite drivers and i don't think he ever will be but we can't count him out because we know he can't be a dummy to drive a formula one car but anyways not a huge not a great result from them very unfortunate to see Gasly at his home Grand Prix. I feel like not do very well. I don't exactly know everything that went on about his race, but I didn't see much from him. I didn't see much pace out of him. Just kind of an an average or average race for Gasly, and ended up finishing P12. And you know we had five cars that DNF'd, so it's kind of tough to say that it was an average race when you had five cars get out so and then following albon we've got bottas in 14th and mick schumacher in 15th i'm you know i'm really i'm i actually like bottas and i think he is a good driver and he's got it in him but i feel like recently he, we've been kind of seeing him fall off don't know why but i'd really like to see him get the pace again and get back up fighting you know his old teammate lewis and the the alpines again that'd be that'd be good to see so you know overall we had we definitely had some good fighting um i think my biggest shock of the race was that scream from leclerc i think you know hearing that just the replay that shocked and that will haunt fans forever that will definitely haunt ferrari fans that was just a scream of pure anger and agony of everything not going right um, so, you know, I feel for him, but I think I'll make it to the podcast this week about, you know, talking a little bit more about that situation, um, and what the future has to hold. Um, overall, I enjoyed the race, you know, that's always, I just enjoy Formula One, good seeing another race, getting closer to the finish line, so we'll see. The current point standing is... Current point standing, yes, we got so Max Verstappen in first. He's got 233 points with Charles Leclerc at 170. That is 63 points off of first place. So, and then we've got Sergio, honestly, not too far behind Charles at 163. So, you know, I'm not counting Charles out of it, but I think, you know, he would really need to work hard and change. I feel like his racing and just his his mental like capacity I don't even know what the hell I'm saying but it was just he need to take a lot for him to just focus in he's really he's got to stay focused 
he's got to cut these small mistakes out um, and really just, you know, heads down and one if he wants to win this title because this is the closest shot he's had yet. And I don't know if the pressure's getting to him or what's getting to him, but he's going to have to figure it out if he wants to pull this off. Um, anyways, I really appreciate everyone listening. Um, if you liked, liked the podcast, you know, like it, do all the good stuff, share it, follow it. All that is much appreciated. Comment down below what you thought about it. Um, comment down below, you know, what other stuff would you like to see? Would you like to see, you know, podcast about the practices or, you know, qualifying? I'm sure I'm going to do qualifying in the future <laughs> once I get more time to do it. Uh, but, yeah, every watch and listen, even for a few minutes, is much appreciated. Um, please share and follow and we will see you in the next podcast. Thanks, guys. Peace.